Amen, because we are uh, starting a new series. And the series that we're going to talk about today is related to what we're doing in the church. You know, we are very much um, into this uh, training about evangelism. Amen. And um, in order to evangelize, uh, we need to disciple, right? And, and we can only disciple if we are all disciples, okay? A disciple is the only person who can make another disciple, all right? And this is, and, and what we're going to do right now for the month of March, just to give you an idea, is that, um, so the, the series uh, title is Acts, The Rest of the Story. And there are four Sundays that we're going to talk about it. Uh, the first one is kind of unusual title, Don't Go to Church. Don't take it literally, please, okay? It means be the church. That's today. The second one is facing up without falling apart. How to share the gospel even if you are in a hostile area. Or maybe your family is not even accepting the gospel. How do you share it? That will be next Sunday, okay? And then the third one will be the problem of growth. What happens if about 1,000 people are trying to attend JRM every Sunday? That's a, that's a good problem, right? That's the problem that we want to have, right? You know, so the problem of, of, of growth. And then the next one is you can fool the Lord. This is the story of those Christians who thought that they can fool around with their life with the Lord. The example here is, do you know Ananias and Sapphira? Have you heard about them? Sapira, he died because of? He died because of? Pira. <laughs> Pera. <laughs> because of money. <laughs> okay? So, um, so in, in any church, always remember this. You know, for example, all our children, Jason, Hannah, and Erica, they grew up in the church. You know, I met Sister Noreen in the church. And then we got married in the church. And then we got three children. So, in our family, we cannot imagine a Sunday morning without the church. Sometimes I'm by myself and asking myself, when would be the day then when I will sleep on Saturday morning that I don't have to preach on Sunday? You know, those kind of thoughts. You know, it, it, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of expectation. But there's always fulfillment when you can do what the Lord wants you to do. Are you with me? Right? It's, it's not easy to be a pastor. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to be a student of the Word of God. But once you grasp and comprehend and receive what the Lord wants you to do, I can tell you there are more fulfillment. And I think this is the reason we were called by the Lord, right? You know, we are not just called to be, you know, worker at the office for the rest of your life and then retired and then wait for you to die, you know, when you get old. There is, there is something greater than what you're doing right now, okay? So, so we're going to talk about the importance of the church. And this church that you are attending right now, I can tell you, it will not grow if all of us here will not invite people to attend the church. That's why I appreciate for those people who are inviting other people to come, please invite more people. Because that's the only way that we can bring more people here at the church. And along that line, I have a special video that I'd like to show you about how to invite people in the church, okay? And I think we're ready for that. Let's turn off the lights and then make sure the, the audio is on. There's only about 2.5 minutes of video. You can do this, man. No, I can't. 
Yes, you can. It's gesture. You can invite him. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Hey, Roger. Oh, hey, Paul. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to go to church with me and my family this weekend. What? You think we're a pack of wild heathens that need uh, Bible learning and, and, and churching and saving? Is that it? No hable English. Oh, I'm an atheist. So actually, I was wondering if you want to come to my house and do nothing with me this weekend. Get yourself a gogurt. Okay, come on, come on. Seriously, you've got to snap out of this. Just invite him. Oh, but what if I say the wrong thing? You, church, Sunday or else. You smell like sin. to church with me. It's communion Sunday. Free crackers. Come to church with me, you will. Hmm? I'll never go to church with you. Okay, now that that's out of your system, quit being silly. There's nothing to be afraid of. Hey, Roger. Hey, Paul. Uh, you need a hand? Actually, I think I got it. What's up, man? Well, I don't know if you have any plans this weekend or not, but Christine and the kids and I would love it if you and your family came to church with us. Oh, wow. Um, we've actually been thinking about attending someplace. We uh, just hadn't decided where. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that'd be fine. Uh, yeah, that... That would be spectacular. Amen. Let's give a clap for the Lord. You know, just invite them. Amen. Don't think about the negative consequences or what they think about you. Just invite them to come to the church. Amen. And the Lord will do the rest. Amen. So, um, so our uh, topic today is don't go to church, be the church. What, 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 what does that mean by, by that, okay? Um, do you know of a D.L. Moody? He's uh, a great teacher in the past, you know. Uh, some, one time he was with this person who said, um, the person said to D.L. Moody, I believe I can be just as good as a Christian outside the church as I can be inside it. So the man says, well, I don't really need the church. You know, I can live a perfect, normal uh, Christian life without being in the church. And instead of explaining the reason why he should be in the church, so what D.L. Moody said, uh, did, instead he moved to the fireplace, and it was winter during that time, you know, blazing against the winter outside, he removed one burning coal from the fireplace and put it outside the house. And both of them watch 
what is happening to that coal or you know that was placed outside the house and the two men sat together and watched the ember or the fire die out and then the other man said to Moody I see what you mean now amen you know uh, sometimes we we have this thought and idea that um, well I can live without the church you know um, maybe because of our negative experience in the church maybe because of the people in the church maybe because of what is happening in the church as a whole amen i mean if you're going to search and look of all the scandals of all the division of all the misunderstanding of what is happening in the church i mean you 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 can think of anything and it's happening in the church from immorality to fornication to adultery to financial embezzlement to hypocrisy i mean there's a lot of negative about the church but the thing about this thing is that this church, you know, that the people are trying to criticize and abandon also agree that you cannot grow spiritually without the church. That you cannot be fed, that, that you cannot really experience more about the presence of the Lord without the church. Amen? Because that's how the Lord designed the function of the church. Are you with me right now? So, so what we're going to discuss today is just one of the wrong concepts that we always here, amen, uh, uh, from the people who, who go to the church, okay? So, um, so many people who claim to follow Christ live separately from the church. Some people avoid the church because of different reasons, but the thing is, it is really the reason because of their misunderstanding about the church. Other people thought that the church is like a market or it's like a shopping mall, you know, where you can go, you know, you will say, oh, you know, I'll go to the market today or I'll go to the mall uh, today and then leave the mall and leave the market. Sometimes we taught the church like that. We said, you know what, I'm going to church today. It's Sunday, I'm going to church today and at 12 o'clock, whether the pa pastor is finished or not finished, I'm home by 12 o'clock, you know, something like that. So. So th that, that statement is a giveaway, you know, our understanding about the church. We think of the church as a place that we visit, okay, and live rather than a reality that we live every day. That's why if we're going to look at that, so we're, we're not supposed to go to church. We must be the church. You are actually the church, all right? It is not a place. It is not something that you visit every Sunday. It is not something that you visit every Friday if you're a, if you're a member of the young, young people. It is not a prayer meeting every Thursday. It is a lifestyle. It is you as a church. We are all the church. Remove all the people in this building. This is no longer a church, right? So it's you, it's me, all of us comprises the church. So if you're going to look at that, being the church demands more than attendance. Yes. Wow, what's that? <laughs> so attendance is very important, but it's more than being present every Sunday. That, that's part of being a church. That's part of being part of, of what we're doing right now. And look at the next one. What's the big idea about this teaching that we're going to do today? Um, the big idea here is that don't go to church, leave the church, and be the church. Okay? Because um, if you're going to think about it, church is not a place. It is not an activity. It is not just a fellowship. It is not just meeting of people with the same faith who believe on the same person, right? It's more than that. It is your lifestyle. I mean, you should be the church 
from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday until Sunday. Hello, are you with me there? Right? So if you are a church and you're talking to someone, someone comes to you and asks for prayer, someone comes to you and sharing his deepest problem of his life, marriage problem, fam- problem in the family, someone is sick, and you're the church. What you're going to do? You're going to listen to that person, and because you are the church, you're going to pray for the person. You have the Holy Spirit. You have God in your heart right now. Amen. You don't have to think about, oh, I should call Pastor Sir. I should call the leader of the church and pray for this person who needs help right now. You can do it by yourself because you represent God who created heaven and earth. Are you with me there? Right? So it's very important to realize that church is not something that you go to every Sunday. It's more than that. It is you. It is a lifestyle that needs to be part of you wherever you go. You cannot deny it. You cannot be a secret agent Christian where you hide everything from Monday to Saturday. And then on Sunday, you open up your wardrobe and you're the Christian, you know, every Sunday. No, you're a Christian 24 by 7. Hello, are you with me there? And now to talk about this church right now, we're going to study what happened in the book of Acts. That's why the whole series that we're going to talk in March It's all about the book of Acts, the rest of the story, okay? Let's look at the next one. Look at this. So in the book of Acts, we know what happened, right? Um, In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, we know the story. Imagine that there's no sound system, there's no microphone, you know, no electricity during the time. Everybody's using candle, right? And Peter preached the most powerful preaching during the time. How many people got saved? The Bible says about 3,000 souls got saved. And after they were saved, you know, alam yung ginawa nila? Immediately right after they got saved, they went to be baptized. Wow, wow. Hopefully, you know, we can experience that here in Vallejo, right? In one day, 3,000 were, were saved. And this is exciting. This is great. This is amazing. We should thank God for the 3,000 souls that, that were saved. But actually, it is not the end of the story, okay, of getting saved. It was only the beginning. Remember this. When people got saved, when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're sharing the Word of God, you're a student of our master plan of evangelism, and then you got this person who are willing to, to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, remember this. That's not the end of your responsibility. That is the beginning of another journey that you need to help this person in order to understand and to know more about Christ. Are you with me there? And you know what these 3,000 people did at, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42? That's what they're going to study. What did, what, ano yung ginawa nila? Pagkatapos nilang maborn again. Nagrejoice na ba sila? And then, oh my goodness, we got 3,000 souls in our church today. So, so are they done on their work? This is what they did in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Everybody read with me. One, two, three. Okay, look at the verse, look at the verse, okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, para makita natin, okay? Yung pinanggalingan natin, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, okay? So look what happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, these 3,000 new converts, kindergarteners, okay? Uh, new believers, babes in Christ, about 3,000 of them enrolled Okay, in what we call the Jerusalem Bible School at that time. Are you with me there? All right? So, so what happened is that because there are so many people during that time, 
instantly uh, there, there was a school of the Bible, amen, maybe the school of the Holy Spirit, where all the people who got saved had need to enroll and learn and study and understand really what is the meaning of being born again Christian? What is the meaning of being in relationship with Christ? What is the meaning of this new born again experience that I have right now that Jesus Christ is in my heart? Amen? So if you have accepted Christ in your heart right now, whether it's a year ago, a month ago, or a week ago, I can tell you that's not the end of the journey. It is the beginning of the journey. And if you're a leader, if you're a disciple, if you are helping someone right now to, go to get to know Christ, I can tell you, you are the person being called by God to help that person to know God much deeper in their relationship with God. Are you with me there? Amen. So the 3,000 converts that in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, they are great, they're exciting, but that is the beginning of their journey. And there's one thing that we will notice, that these 3,000 people, say it with me, 3,000. So I want you to remember that. These 3,000 people, new babes, bagong Christiano, bagong born again, you know, new follower of Christ, they are doing one thing. And everybody is doing it, and I hope we can do that. This, I'm very concerned about this statement that says there, all of them, you see that, the word devoted. Okay? What's the other word for devoted? The 3,000 people, when they got born again, when they have accepted Christ, when they got baptized, after that, the Bible says they, okay, they, sila, the, the 3,000, we can say, the 3,000 devoted themselves. What do they do? You know, all these things, apostle teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and, and, and prayer. So I can tell you right now, if you're a Christian right now, you must be devoted to something. Okay? Because if you are not devoted to something right now, okay, as far as your relationship with God is concerned, we will not grow in our spiritual life. That's why we need a church. And I do a little word study on my Logos Soper about devoted, and it gave me this de de uh, following definition of the word devoted. What did they do? What is, what, what is the meaning of being devoted? So it means to be, as far as quality is concerned, to belong, to consist, to be the end, to remain, to shine, to stick. That is the meaning of the word devoted. Right? So, so if you love the Lord, and if you really want to know more about Christ, if you really want to know more about what the Lord is asking you to do in, this, in your life here on earth, you must stick, amen, to what the Lord is asking you to do. Where are they devoted? The Bible says they are devoted to apostle teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Hello, are you with me? You know, I remember when I was... Um, uh, when, 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 I'm, uh, when, I, when I accepted Christ, a new believer, one of the questions that I asked my teacher is, hey, when will I stop studying the Bible? You know, I'm in college, in Piatti University, and there's a lot of Bible study every day. I mean, in college, every day we have to have a Bible study at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then my question is, hey, when will I stop going to the Bible study and then everything is over and it's done? And the answer is, you know, the answer there is no way it will stop. While you are alive, while you are here, while you're still breathing right now, while you are still strong and, 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 and live on this earth, there is no stopping on when are you going to stop devoting yourself in the study of the Word of God. It's a continuous process forever. Hello, are you with me? 
Amen? Because the devil doesn't stop. The temptation never stops. Okay? The word influence never stops. Sinning never stops. You know, uh, all these negative things in the word never stop. That's why you need to be devoted. Oh, sorry. I, I gave up my next slide. So the real question is, are you going to stick? Are you going to remain? Are you going to be of great quality before the Lord? Are you going to shine? Are you to be at, up to the end of, of this, what we're doing right now? So if you're going to ask me, hey, Pastor Sir, when will I stop attending the life group? No, there's no way I can tell you right now. When will I stop attending Bible study? When will I stop reading the Bible? I already read all the books in the Bible. Should I stop reading now? No. You keep reading. You keep reading. When will I stop praying? I'm praying every Thursday. I'm praying every morning. Should I stop praying after five years? No. You should keep doing it, doing it, until we are all in the presence of the Lord. All right? This, this is what we are called for right now, brothers and sisters, right? So that's why these people that we're talking about, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And we're going to talk about it. Now, Luke, the writer of the of, um, of, um, book of Acts, okay, he gave us four characteristics of the early church. Three of them is on Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And then the last one is in Acts chapter 2, verse 43 to 47. And let me tell you more about this. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is a very famous verse, you know. If, if you study this verse, most of the churches are adopting it because it's very clear. The secret of the early church, why they exploded, you know. They have this explosive growth during that time. Look at that. Acts chapter 2, verse 2, apostles teaching, which we're going to do today, breaking of the bread. You know, actually, you can do breaking of the bread while you are at your home. You know, you can do that. Uh, fellowship and prayer. Let me give you the sequence of what happened if we, if we are devoted consistently, that's the key, to apostles teaching, breaking bread, fellowship and prayer. Look what happens. Okay. Of course, apostle teaching is biblical teaching. That's why we need Bible study. We need master plan of evangelism. We need discipleship. Of course, we need fellowship. That's why we have this kind of fellowship every Sunday in our life group. And then the breaking of the bread and then the prayer. If we will continue in prayer, you know what the result? Flourishing church. That, that's the secret of the, of the early church. Amen? And we're going, to think about, we're going to talk about it in the next 20 minutes, Okay. All right, the first one, okay, in the Acts of the Apostle will, will, will show us what the Lord has done in the early church, and, and, uh, and we will try to do what they have done in, in the olden days in order to bring that um, experience into our generation right now. Number one, the early church is a learning church, okay? Who, who wants to learn more about their spiritual life? Everybody, right? You know, I remember when I was in college, uh, we had this uh, uh, youth pastor by the name of, uh, anyway, you don't know him, Jess Toriano. What happened? It shut down? Are you on computer? Oh, okay. Um, someone has said that if you stop learning, you stop growing. I'll say it again. If you stop learning, you stop growing. 
this is a universal truth. You can apply this to your educational attainment right now. You can apply this at your work area, in your work responsibility. And you can also apply this in the church. I mean, if you are a student, if you decided to stop learning, well, what would happen to your school? You're done, right? If you are at work and you are, let's say, a supervisor, and you decided to stop learning, are you expecting any promotion or any improvement or any upgrade of your salary, of your position? No, nothing, right? The same thing in the church. If you stop learning spiritual things, if you stop learning the Bible, if you stop learning the Word of God, you stop growing spiritually. That's why Bible is very important. Bible study is very important. Life group is very important. Attending attending a, a study of the word, word by, by, verse by verse, book by book, you know, all of these are important. The first thing that you would remember about the early church is that they are all students, okay? That's why I'm going to give you a verse. Look at this. Of course, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And you know what the apostles' teaching, that, that's what in... in in the Old Testament, when, when, in the book of Acts chapter 2, okay, during that time, there's no Bible yet. Okay, hello, are you with me? Bible is not uh, available yet during the time. Everything is a direct revelation from the Holy Spirit. Everything is a direct revelation uh, from God. There's no Bible during the time, okay, because it, 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 it's maybe about 50 years um, past when Jesus um, was crucified during that time, okay? But the thing about these uh, uh, people is that they could have said to, to Peter, which is the head of the church during the time, hey, Peter, we do not need to go to your Bible study because we have the Holy Spirit. We don't need teaching. All we need is the Spirit of God, and we should be good. We should be okay. No. Okay? The Spirit of God used, amen, the teachers, the apostles, and all the Christians to teach other Christians. That's why you can see that the human being, okay, that the human person, that we are integral part of God's plan. If you will not cooperate, if you will not do what God wants you to do, maybe, I'm saying maybe, God's plan in your life will not accomplish. Hello, are you with me? If God wants you to go there and share the word of God for that person to be born again, maybe that person will not be born again if you disobey God. Are you with me there? Or maybe God can use another person. You could have the person who was used by God for that person to be born again. But the thing is, God has something for you. If you're going to look at that, sorry, okay. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, if you're going to read this, look at this. This is the gifts of the Lord in the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Let me give you this. Christ, okay, everybody can read it with me, please. One, two, three. Christ gave some Apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Hold on, stop. So, so what God did, he gave some gifts. Some are apostles. Some are teachers. What is the other? Some are prophets and, and evangelists. Why? Why is God giving gifts to the church? Here is the reason. Everybody now for the one, two, three. the building of the body of Christ. So the reason we have teacher, the reason we have an evangelist, the reason we have an apostle, the reason we have teacher is for the equipping of the saints. Look at that, equipping of the saints. 
you cannot be equipped by yourself. You cannot be equipped outside the church. Your doctrine will not be right if you're outside the church. Okay? You cannot be a disciple outside the church. You cannot conquer the whole world outside the church. That's why God is very clear, black and white. I gave this following gift to the church. Apostles, teachers, pastors, and teachers. Why? So that the saints will be equipped. What is the other word for equipped? Train. All right? Disciple. As a student. Hey, are you with me here? Are you with me? So it's very important for you, my brothers and sisters, if you want to grow, you know, in the knowledge of God, if you want to experience more about God, we need to come into that realization, I mean, that we need the church. Hello? The early church, understand that. And then it says this, until, kailan siya matatapos? We all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. This 413 will happen when we are in the presence of God. Amen? Until we are delivered into the presence of God. The total unity. So when I'm studying this, you know, for my, in my personal uh, study, it, it's very hard, okay, to teach people who are not willing to be taught. Do you, are, are you with me? It's very hard to organize trainings and leadership program if people are not interested. But the thing is, you know, regardless of how the people perceive the training in the church, regardless of how the people participated in the, in the program of the church to train the people, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is that God equip us with teachers, pastors, apostles, and evangelists to equip the saints. Hello, are you with me there? All right? So that's why we need to give time. We need to learn. Remember this? If you stop learning, you stop growing. If you want to grow, learn more. If you want to be promoted at your job, take some courses and, and try to add more about your knowledge. You want to get ahead of your, of your school right now? Get more knowledge. Read more books. You know, study more. Give an extra hour of studies outside your regular studies with other classmates. And I can tell you, you'll be ahead of, the, of, the, of your classmates. Are you with me there? Hello? So think about this. If you stop learning, you stop growing. Hello? And so, so that's the first one, you know. The early church is a learning church, and they devoted themselves in the apostle teaching. And then the next one, oh, my goodness, the early church is a... Loving church. Are we all loving? Yes, of course. Do you love me? Uh, only half of the people say yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, the early church is a loving church. Wow. Wow. Bakit sila naging loving church? Okay, let's, let's look at this verse. All right. It says there, and they devoted themselves to fellowship. Okay, mukhang... Wala na silang ginawa, you know, they just do fellowship every day, <laughs> you know, maybe seven days a week, you know, every morning, you know, they have the fellowship at the church, they have the fellowship at home, and they have fellowship at the public place, right? Oh, when we look at the word uh, fellowship here, you know, we're very concerned about the word fellowship, um, so it means, uh, just to give you an idea, this is the word from the word koinonia, koinonia. Fellowship is the Greek word koinonia. It means to hold something in common 
or to share something in common. So it means when we fellowship, the reason we are having this kind of fellowship is because within us, in our heart, there's something common within us, okay, that we can fellowship. Now that we have that something in common within us, okay, that we can fellowship, there's also something to share that we can fellowship to one another. Are you with me there? So from the inside and then the outside. And I can tell you right now, the reason we can fellowship with one another is because of this verse. Look at this. It says here, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Okay? If someone enters into our church today and he's a Christian, and maybe he's so dirty, smell very bad, you know, and not really dressed the way we are dressed today, what, what's your reaction? The Bible says there's something in common among us. And you know that person is a born-again Christian. He's a believer. But because of his situation in life, you know, physically he's not, you know, um, uh, nice. What, what are you going to do, you know, in that kind of situation? Hello, are you with me there? Right, right. Because as far as the history is concerned, I can tell you, only the church, okay, was able to, to overcome racial discrimination, you know, between the rich and the poor, you know, of different classes of people in society can be in the church at the same time. And it only happened because of that commonality within us. And that is Jesus Christ living in you and living in me. So you can be acceptable whether you are, whatever are you doing, whatever is your job, whatever is your past. That's the same thing. You know, the author said, one author said, one of the great examples of the church is DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles. Ooh, everybody has gone to the Department of Motor Vehicles, right? I assume, right? All of us, DMV. Because in DMV, you can see a large cross-section of, of society, amen, from the richest to the poorest. In DMV, you can see a richest person who just bought a 100,000 BMW Mercedes-Benz renewing his license. And alongside with that person, you can also a homeless person who live in the car, no job, not taking a bath every day. Okay, so of course, we have good friends, you know, with, uh, who, has no, uh, who live in the car right now, who are also renewing his license at the DMV. Are you with me there? Right? At the Department of Motor Vehicle, it's a good example where everybody is treated fairly and equally regardless of your status in the society. You get the same number. You have to wait the same number of hours. You have to be by appointment whether your car is 100,000 worth or whether your car is only about $500 worth. It doesn't matter to DMV. All right? Are you with me there? You know, this is a typical example that the church should be. Amen? Where everybody is accepted, where everybody is welcome, where everybody is recognized, where everybody feel, this is very important, where everybody feel they are welcome in the church. And that's the meaning of fellowship. Are you with me? You don't fellowship only with the people that you like. You don't fellowship with the people who talk the same language as you are. You don't fellowship only with the people of the same color of your skin. 
you don't fellowship with the people who only agree with everything you said, and then you do not like to fellowship with the people who disagree with you. You fellowship with one another, whether you disagree or not, whether you have different color of skin, whether you have different social status, as long as Christ is the common denominator in your heart. Are you with me there? Amen. So as far as, as, as uh, the early church is concerned, of course, there's a lot of problem. Remember Stephen, right? I mean, there's a big, big divide in the church that the, the widows are being forsaken and not being given food adequately. That's why they have to call the meeting, and then they have to ask for Stephen to take in charge of the food distribution because there are severe discrimination in the, in, in the early church. Amen? So even in the early church, there's a problem. Amen? And I can tell you right now, if you decide, okay, if you want to live outside the church and say, you know what? I don't need to go to church anymore. I can live by myself. The problem is not the church. The problem is your understanding about the church. You cannot find the perfect church. No way. If you, find, if you found the perfect church and you attended the church, the church became imperfect. That's what you're saying, right, right, right? So it's not really the church because it is how you understand the concept of the church. The church is not a building. The church is not the pastor. The church is the people. And even in the early church, even though they call the loving church, there is severe division and misunderstanding and fight within the church in the Old Testament. But they were able to overcome that, and they were able to influence the whole world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, are you with me there? For those who are reading the book of Acts, reading the, the, the epistle of Paul, you can see there are fights between Peter and Paul, Barnabas, and, 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 and all these di disciples in, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and yet the church continue to flourish regardless of how the devil attacked the church. Amen? The church is the most hated and yet the most loved organization in the planet, like the Bible. The Bible is the most hated book and yet the most loved book in the whole world. Amen? Are you with me? Because the church is the Lord. It is the body of Christ. Hello, are you with me there? And who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. So when I say it's a loving church, that's, that's the concept. That's the idea that God wants us to understand. Amen? Because church is composed of imperfect people, imperfect pastors, imperfect leaders, imperfect members, you know, imperfect volunteers. And because church is being run by imperfect people, it will be an imperfect organization. Are you with me there? Right, right? If you look at the people, you will be discouraged. That's why some people are saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to church anymore because lots of hypocrites inside the church. It was said to all the churches, you know. I don't want to go to the church because, you know, they are not genuine people or, or um, uh, they're, they're, they're not really doing the will of God in their life, you know. So, but the thing is, all the churches are run by imperfect people designated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello, are you, are you with me there? Amen. So, think about that. Amen. So, so in, in the early days, okay, the early church is called a loving church. Amen. And I can tell you right now, that's what we need in our church. 
That's why every time there's, uh, I don't know if you read the article that I released a couple of months ago about the five-minute rule, that if there's a first-timer in the church, spend at least five minutes with that person. Say hello, how are you? Thank you for coming to our church. Just five minutes, and then move on to the next person. Move on to the next person. We need to be a friendly church. We need to be a loving church. Amen? If we are not a loving church, people will not come back in our church. Amen? Amen. So what's the first one? The early church is a learning church. The second one, the early church is a loving church. The third one is the early church is ano ginagawa nila? They're praying and then what they're looking at? You see? I found that clip art. Wow. <laughs> I have to combine them together. Okay. The early church also, they are devoted to what? What are they devoted to? Breaking of the bread and prayers. Amen. So, do you agree with me that prayers is very important? Do you think what kind of, why do you think the prayer is with S? What is the meaning of that? Who can guess? The breaking of the bread and prayers. Is Luke talking about personal and private prayer? I think Luke is talking about um, is talking about not private prayers, but rather a corporate prayer. Okay? The prayer of God's people together. Amen? You know, our church, I remember this in 2001 when I came here, August, one week before my birthday, I remember that. 2001, August, driving from Fairfield, so excited because I thought I, I, I'm no longer a pastor because I, 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 not, I did not run away, but I decided to migrate to the United States without even telling our senior pastor back in the Philippines that I'll be in the United States. And then when they learned that I am in the United States and I am in Vallejo or in Fairfield, they immediately reached out to me and said, hey, Serge, do you know that we have a church in Vallejo and that church, is, it has no pastor right now? Can you go there and visit them? That's the start of a very long journey, 17 years ago, okay? And then when I'm driving and going to the church, I found this small church in Florida Street. I found Sister Franny, well, Paul is like this during the time, napakaliit. Where's Paul? You know, and, uh, very small. And then I can see a couple of people, maybe about 10, 20 on Sunday. And then I attended the prayer meeting. Only three or four people attended the prayer meeting, you know? I said, wow, this is, and I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, this is a very small church. How can they support me? <laughs> but of course, I'm working during the time. So the reason I'm saying is about is this, that ever since this church started, okay, just to let you know, we never cease, we never stop praying at least once a week together. Are you with me there? Hello? Are you with me? Because if you're a leader, if you're a church leader, a church that do not pray together will not grow. That's in the Bible, right? I'm giving you an example. Let me give you an example. <laughs> yeah, that's for those who are sleeping, okay? <laughs> okay, look at this. 
One day, Peter and John went to the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The hour for prayer. I mean, you know that scene where Peter went to the temple and he saw that, that lame person who cannot walk and, and, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but I give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And immediately the guy was able to jump and walk and got healed at that very hour. Are you with me there? But that's not the point. The point here is that even after, okay, the Pentecost, even after Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, during that time, Peter and John still go to the temple. Okay? Uh, they, they went, in other words, they continue to attend the formal worship services in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Consisting, what, they, what are they doing when they attend the, the, the Jewish temple uh, uh, service? Consisting of sacrifices, prayers, and blessing offered by the priest. So you see? Even Peter and John, during the time, every day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they go to church for a prayer meeting. And then in addition to the prayer meeting in the church, they go from home to home. It's in the book of Acts. And they pray together and, again, pray and pray. Hey, are you here? Right? That's right. If I'm going back to my original slide here, you know, let me go back here. Just to give you what I'm saying is that. Apostle teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer. Don't ever think that prayer means here. Oh, I am praying every day at my house, you know, every morning or every evening. I should be okay, you know. No. The prayer that is being discussed here is praying together. Hello? Are you with me? And I can tell you right now, prayer is super powerful. Do you know what, you know what I mean? Prayer is extremely super powerful. Powerful. The devil knows that. Do you agree with me? And you know why, why I'm saying that? Because the devil is very successful. Successful. You know why? Because he made the point that only few people attend prayer every Thursday. Imagine. Imagine. I want you to imagine. I'm really saying this. Imagine if 30 or 50 people can pray together once a week. What it will do to our church. Imagine. Imagine if all of you will also be present every Thursday and we all pray together, raise our hand and say to God, Lord, bless our church together. Imagine what would be the impact in our church. I know your prayer life is okay. I know you're reading your Bible every day. I know you're praying for the sick whenever there's an opportunity. I know you're praying for our church when you're at home. But it's different when we are together and praying together because that's what the will of God for the church to flourish. That's why I tell you, prayer is very important. That's why the devil makes the people lazy attending the prayer. Because it's very difficult. It's boring. All you have to do is to cry, to raise your hand. And sometimes in our prayer, we, we have that moment of silence that we need to wait upon the Lord. But the thing is, we need to understand church people, leaders, amen, in order for the church to grow, we need to pray together. If you want to grow by yourself, yes, you pray privately, personally, you grow your spiritual life. But if you want this church to grow corporately, we need to pray corporately. Are you with me there? So think about this. If all of us will be together at least once a week, praying together, crying to God, asking God, pleading with God, asking for God's mercy every week. Wow, what would happen to Jesus Christ Ministries in Vallejo? Imagine that. Am I lying here? 
No, that's what the Bible is saying. The early church loved to pray. Not a, uh, a private prayer, but a corporate prayer. Okay? So if we're going to look at that, that that's very powerful. And the devil is trying his best to stop the church to pray together. Hello, are you with me? Think about this. If you truly believe in prayer, let's 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 be a part of it. Maybe not every Thursday, maybe once a month. How about once a month? Wow. You know, there are four Thursdays every week, you know, maybe once a month, you know. I'm not feeling you guilty, but this is the opportunity to talk about this, right? I mean, we're talking about the church. We're talking about love for the Lord, love for the church. This is it. You know, if really if we really love the Lord, love the church, we will do our part. Because the thing about this Christianity is that the human being has an integral part of, of accomplishing the will of God here on earth. Without the human being doing the part, it will not happen. Remember the Great Commission? God said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. He could have commanded the angels to go to Africa, to Russia, to China, and preach the word of God. But God said, no, I don't want to use the angels. I want to use human beings. I want to use people like you, me, all of us, to be the bringer of good news. Hello, are you with me, Ray? All right. So, so the church grow, amen, by praying. So we need to have a teaching. We need to have the fellowship. We need to have a corporate prayer. All of these are corporate. And what would be the effect? The early church. Oh, okay. The early church is a growing church. Okay? The early church is a growing church. Look at that. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. If we're going to look at that, um, the fourth characteristic of the early church is that they are growing. How does the church grow? Look at this. Praising God and having favor. Amen. The church will grow as we engage ourselves in our community. That's very important. Statistics and surveys says most of the unbelievers thought and expect that the church be involved in the community. That's why we're trying our best to be in the community. You know, I'm part of the Transformation Baleo. We're doing the copy and prayer. Uh, we're opening our church for, you know, community meeting like the copy with cops. Um, uh, the other week, you know, the police officers are here. And then we have lots of programs like with the social, uh, social services of Solano. So lawyers will be here, I think, in April. I mean, for those who have questions about immigration, or if you have family uh, that, that you want to be immigrated here in the United States, there will be lawyers who will come here one Saturday for four hours to give seminars, especially with the new immigration policy of President Trump, okay? So, so if, if that will be, I think, in the uh, third week of April, okay? So they will use our facilities by Solano uh, County Social Services. You know, they, they're, they're trying to arrange for that. And we're getting a lot of calls from the county, and we want to be open to the community, right? Because in order for our church to grow, we need to be praising God and then having favor. And, of course, it's more than favor. Who is making the growth? It says here, the Lord added. 
Okay? So it is the Lord that adds people into the church. Are you with me there? But, but the thing is, the Lord added as we do what we need to do as a Christian. So if you are praying for your friends to be saved, and you're meeting them every day, but you are not opening your mouth and sharing the gospel, how can you expect the person to know the Lord? Hello, are you with me there? Amen. If you want your neighbor to get to know the Lord, and you have the opportunity to share the word of God, why don't you make the first move and try to share the word of God? Like the video that you have seen earlier, amen, all you have to do is to open your mouth and invite the person. Don't think about all the negative consequences that he will heal you, you know, he will break the relationship with you if you invite him in the church. No. Amen? So I can tell you right now, the early church is a growing church because they praise the Lord, they worship God, they have win favor from the Lord, and third, because the Lord added to, to their number day by those who were being saved. Are you with me here? Amen? So if we're going to look at the summary of what we discussed today, okay, what's the number one that we learned today? Learning church. It means they are after the apostles' teaching. It means you are looking inward. So when you're in the church, you always look from within yourself. Amen. What have you learned? Are you growing? Where are you right now as far as your Bible reading is concerned? Have you ever finished the Gospels? You know, the Mark, Matthew, Luke. How about John? How about the New Testament? Were you able to finish that? Amen. So you look from within. Lord, where am I right now? Lord, am I growing? How do I react to this situation in my life? Second, from looking from within, that's learning. What's the second lesson? Early church is a loving church, the fellowship. So you, you, you look around and look the people around you. Okay, bless them. You know, be in relationship with them. You know, you establish your relationship with God. You establish your, 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 your love for the Lord. Now establish relationship with the people around you in fellowship. You fellowship. That's why we have small groups. That's why we want everyone to be plugged into the small group. And then what's the third one? Early church is a worshiping church. Now, as you fellowship, again, this is all corporate. You guys gather together and pray together. Pray together. That's what the will of God. You know, we, we need to be somehow together praying. Somehow we need to be together worshiping the Lord. Somehow we need to be together, lifting our hands together and saying, Lord, we need you in this church. We need to do that. And what's the fourth one? Growing. Now you look outside the church. Okay? You look outside the church and try to reach out for the people outside the church. Bless them. Tell them how much God cares for them. Tell them that God has an answer to all their problems. Tell them that Jesus died for their sins. That, that's what the... The, the, the concept of Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 47. You look within, you look within the church, and then you worship God together, and then you look outside the church and reach out for the people who need Christ in their lives. Are you with me here? Amen. Can we all stand up and we will all pray together? Yeah, shall we all bow our head and, and close our eyes? Yes, oh God, we bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Father. Yes, we as we bow our head and close our eyes. If I may request that, that we all come before the Lord with, with a humble heart right now, with a humble spirit. 
and let's look from in, in within right now, from within right now, as we discuss today. You know, it is our personal relationship is, is of the most importance. Because if your personal relationship with God is not right, how can you fellowship with other people? Yes, you can fellowship, smile, be in every gathering, church service, prayer meeting. You can be anywhere in the church. But if your personal, your, 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 your internal, you know, within relationship with God is not okay, everything will not be okay. So at this moment, I want you to consider your personal relationship with God. How are you with God right now? How are you with Jesus Christ? Is Jesus Christ the center of your heart right now? Do you have that devotion to Him? Do you have that devotion right now in your heart? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, this is the time for you to reach out to God. Because God has already reached out to you by dying on the cross thousands of years ago. He died on the cross saying, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to live with you. I want to be in your life. At this hour, if you're not sure if Christ is the Lord and 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 Savior of your life, it is the moment of, 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 of opportunity for you to ask God to come into your life and to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to be your God. The, the Bible says, I stand at the door and knock. God says, I stand at the door and knock. So it means that the Lord is standing right now. He's not just waiting, but He's knocking right now. He is knocking right now. And he said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. So as you, as you come before the Lord right now, God wants you to open the door. God wants you to open that door right now and ask God to come into your life. No matter what, regardless of what happened, regardless of what you did, regardless of what you have done in the past, it doesn't matter. What really matters is your decision to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and ask forgiveness for, from all the sins that you have committed against God. Yes, come on, let's talk to God right now. Tell Him to come into your heart. Tell Him to be your Lord and Savior. Tell Him that, that you want to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Tell Him that, that, you have, that you are acknowledging what He has done on the cross is for you, that you are forgiven, that the Lord has forgiven you right now. Yes, oh God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for those people who have decided, Lord, to renew their relationship with you, to renew, oh God, their, their life with you, Lord. Father, bless them, Lord. Bless everybody right now. Bless everyone right now. Bless everyone right now. And, Lord, I pray also for everyone who are here today, oh God, for, for leaders, for the people who have responsibilities in the church. You know that. Lord, you know them where they are right now. Lord, I pray first for this leadership of the church right now because they are the ones that you have given to this church, oh God. Father, bless them right now. They are my helper. They are our supporter, Lord. They are the ones who help us along the side, Lord. Father, bless them. Bless their families. 
Bless their relationship, oh God. And I pray that you would cause them, Lord, to, 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 to bring more for your glory, oh God, Lord. To offer their lives for your glory right now, Father. And whatever calling that you have for them, oh God, Father, continue to manifest your blessing upon them, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name, oh God. And even for those, Lord, with prayer requests right now, whatever is your prayer right now, whether you're sick right now, or you have some problem in your family that, that you need God right now, or anything that concerns you, maybe it's about your work, about relationship, or maybe about your dad and mom, or maybe about your grandma or grandpa. I don't know. The Lord reminded me about those names. Go ahead and pray for them. Go ahead and raise them before the Lord right now. Lift them up before the Lord. Lift them up. Lift them up before the Lord. Yes, oh God. Father, bless every person right now. Bless everyone, Lord. Bless everyone who are here today, Father. Bless everyone, oh God. Bless everyone, oh Lord. Bless everyone, oh God. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we honor you, Father. Lord, as we also pray for this church right now, come on, can I ask everybody right now to pray for our church right now, for the JRM church right now, for us to be a learning church? Come on, we, we are going to pray for this right now. Let us pray that this church will be a loving church. Let's pray that this church will be a worshiping church. Let's pray that this will be a growing church. Hallelujah. Come on, if I may request as your pastor, let's pray for this church right now. That this church will be a learning church, Lord. Father, let it be so, Lord. That this will be a learning church where every person is hungry for your knowledge. Hungry for your word, Lord. Hungry for understanding. Hungry, Lord, for wisdom, knowledge, and revelation. Let this be a learning church, oh God. And also I pray, Lord, let this church be a loving church, Lord. A church that welcomes everyone. A church that loves everyone, Lord. A church that reach out to everyone, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this church would be a loving church. And let's also pray that this church will be a worshiping church. Where we can all worship together. Where we can all pray together. Where we can all raise our voices together before the Lord. As we pray together. Yes, oh God, Lord. Father, make us a worshiping church. Make us a church that prays together all the time. Make us a church, Lord, that worship together all the time. Make us a church, Lord, that wait upon you all together all the time, oh God. Lord, I pray right now. Father, let it be so in this church. And as we do all of those three, Father, I pray, Lord, let this be a growing church right now. Come on, let's pray that this will be a growing church. Winning favor from the people and from the Lord. Yes, oh God, thank you, Father. Praising God and having favor with all the people outside this church right now. Yes, Father, we bless your name, oh God. And I, Lord, you're the one who will add people to the church. You're the one who will bring people, souls, into the church, Lord. As we devote ourselves into apostles' teachings, oh God, Lord, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. You will... Make this church grow by adding more people, more soul, more people, oh God, more people, Father. That is our prayer, oh God. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. As we give you the praise, as we give you the glory, in Jesus' name, everybody say, 
Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated, and we will proceed very quick to our communion. Amen. If we can be ready for our communion.